0: Hey, hey! This is from our guys. I'm not gonna lie; I actually sent the wrong clip to Steinmetz. Right, and that's what he's playing. This is the song they made just for us. This
1: is jamming right here. Rod,
0: Rod Smiba.
1: Hey, Rod Smiba. You I got, might need I gotta, to actually call some real music people and get some real well, people you to rap over Keep this beat on going
0: because this is amazing. You would want to rap over this. I, I, I have mean, never
1: heard you go. My, I don't want to hear me rap. Nor do I want to. Rod put, put Simba and the
0: regulators. I sent. I sent Steinitz the wrong footage or the, the wrong clip, but that was awesome.
1: It really is. Welcome
0: to the Sims and Leftco podcast Monday edition Facebook Live. How are you? How you feeling? How you living? Man, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Sims is over here watching Odell Beckham Jr. catching the ball backwards for like the eighth day in a row. It's
1: sick. I mean, people. Uh, so we, we had a guy in our office who like who texted me during pregame warmups of the game the other night. The Giants are going to play, and they go. You know, does Odell just do this stuff? Like, it looks like he jumps and catches the ball one handed in warm ups just to get attention. And I said, no, that's not what he's doing. I mean, he's, yes, these, Odell Beckham Jr. running down the field and catching the ball with two hands perfectly is like Adam Lefko walking. It's, you're pretty good at it now. Yes, I'm, so, I've got it down. Yeah. So he's, he's practicing. Trying to at least somewhat simulate in-game situations where he's gonna have to adjust to the ball, maybe catch it with one hand, and do those type of things. So yeah. I, there's a rhyme behind the reason, Man. is what I'm saying. There's, there's no, he's not just doing it just to get likes.
0: That noise you hear is the fan. Because otherwise, I think we would die in here. Yeah, it's hot So I apologize to the audio, but there is a fan going right now, and it's, it's really hard. I can't figure it out. Um, I want to let everybody know. I'm going to put this into the comment section right now. Uh, this is going to be on the iTunes version of the podcast only. Our interview with Rob Gronkowski, my interview really yeah. with Rob Gronkowski. Right. I just put the link into the Facebook Live. Subscribe to the um, to the uh, podcast in iTunes, and you'll be able to hear the interview with with Rob Gronkowski. One of the questions I asked him was, "How much money would you pay to be able to wear sixty nine in a game?" And his answer <laughs> was very good. So check that out on iTunes. If you're listening to on iTunes, you guys are awesome, and I'm. Seeing right now it's become the pinned comment whoever's helping out with facebook you guys are awesome uh let me ask you a quick story Today I went out for lunch, and have you ever been to one of the chopped salad restaurants in New York? Like chopped, you mean? Chopped. I went to Just Salad today right. with, with producer Ooh, Fendrick. Ooh, sounds interesting. It's like this crazy like line where you're constantly moved around like cattle, and first you pick out what you want, and then they make it, and they chop it for you and all this stuff, and there's like hundreds of people that come in every minute. I witnessed a dude get attacked today by salad dressing. They went because there's this part where they take the bowl and they go, like, what would you want? They squirted it in there. Yeah. When the guy went, what do you want? He squirted the ranch. This dude was wearing a three piece suit and he had ranch on his arm, oh, on his jacket. Gosh. And you could tell he was a young guy because yeah. he wasn't getting upset. Young right. people don't get as upset as older people. Right. And he just stood there and kind of smiled and then looked down and tried to take it off and it left a stain. Of course. And did. he took his jacket off and. He's still paid. I, well, I'm not paying. That doesn't mean he might not bring his receipt.
1: Guy. He might bring his receipt for the dry cleaning to them at some I point. Mean,
0: I mean, can you? I can't imagine how you would react. I'm telling this because I feel like you would freak
1: out. I would. That would really knock the mojo out of my step for the day. I'd be, I'd be pissed off. I mean, I, I would be. I would probably be polite. But I'd walk out of there and be like, what the? And I just, a lot of four-letter words.
0: What was so funny about it is, it's just like, I'm at that point now where I'm, I've been in New York so long, I'm just observing weird stuff. Uh, it's just,
1: I, I get so upset. Like, I can't handle being around like people. Like hosts wearing sailor shirts and stuff? Yeah, I look like Sims's son yo, right now. Yo-ho, yo-ho, left-coast life for me. I'll uh, give you guys,
0: so if you, this podcast will have Rob Gronkowski. Next podcast, which will be coming out Wednesday, Thursday, is going to have, whoa, big off-season. We're going to figure out who has the the most hardcore fans in the nfl i have some numbers okay i'm gonna give you guys some good over and under betting stats for the season just some trends and stuff because i'm becoming a degenerate gambler and then that next podcast will have jadevian Clowney. by him it's very excited i am too let's start off uh let's start off with zeke You guys have been waiting long enough. I'm sure you guys were wondering what our take is on all this. The NFL has handed down a six game suspension for Ezekiel Elliott, a domestic violence incident that apparently happened over four days in July. Uh, The suspended six games ends on August 11th. He is going to appeal. His dad apparently started tweeting out things today that we have so much evidence that you have no idea what's about to hit you, NFL. Here's what's interesting. Is that even going to matter? Who is going to be hearing the arbitration? We have seen these appeals before, like Greg Hardy go from 10 games down to four. We have seen stuff like Tom Brady go from four to three. Was that it, or was it always four? it was four. It stayed
1: at four. I think they were trying to offer him two and basically saying you might just get one if you accept it.
0: We have seen reports that Jerry Jones is furious. Uh, Let let me just ask you first and foremost, what do you think about the NFL not caring about the fact that there were no charges in court? This is their decision, and it seems like now if you commit domestic violence or if they think you committed domestic violence, you're getting six games. What did you think about the NFL's ruling just that?
1: Well, the NFL doesn't give a damn who you are. If they can suspend Tom Brady, they're going to suspend Ezekiel Elliott. The ruling, listen, it's a private entity. It's the NFL. The rules are really whatever they want them to be. And they don't like the look that one of their new young stars is giving the league. And I understand that. It's a really a weird subject in general when there's, you know, actually no charges, right? Everything's been dropped. Uh, There's really nothing there as far as law enforcement. But at the same time, the NFL has seen enough to go, no, this is troubling. Yes. You're putting a bad name on our shield with all the little red and blue stars. Yeah. And they're not going to stand for it. And I think they've learned their lesson of like, well, we took it a little too easy on Ray Rice. And then a video came out and we got killed. So I think they are now on let's go a little strong and we can't, won't get killed as much for going that way.
0: I completely support the NFL taking a very strong stance against domestic violence. Yeah. It's been going on for too long. Six games is a lot of money, a lot of game checks, and a huge impact. And I, I don't see anything wrong with it being six games. I, I think maybe I could understand if they went more. But six games, I get it. The thing that I understand is the Josh Brown comparison where Josh Brown admitted to doing domestic violence and got one game, and Zeke has denied it, and there's all these conflicting reports where two eyewitnesses have come out and said, I never saw them interacting with each other, and Zeke's getting six. We don't know all the evidence the NFL had. They did a supposed thorough investigation. So maybe we don't know. The only thing that kind of caught me off guard was when they said, you know what, we saw a trend Based off of that video in New Orleans where he pulled down that woman's blouse. Right. I don't think that's a trend. Especially, I don't want to compare a drunken time in New Orleans during Mardi Gras with a four day supposed domestic violence. I've seen the pictures. If Zeke committed all that, six games, I get it. It's just, I could, and, and as an employer, you have that right. It's just the arbitrary use of it compared to other examples doesn't make a lot of sense. Do you think this stays at six? Do you think this comes down?
1: I think it's going to come down to four. That's your prediction. I do, yes. Okay. And, you know, man. I it, know
0: that you think that the suspension is bigger than other ones we've seen. It could be more impactful.
1: Yeah, this is exactly where I was going to go. I mean, to me, this is a bigger deal to the Dallas Cowboys than it was last year for the New England Patriots losing Tom Brady. I was completely confident. I think you were too. We had a conversation. I mean, we predicted them to go three and one without Tom Brady. Yeah, they're a well coached football team in New England. They got a good backup in Jimmy Garoppolo. I knew they could weather the storm, especially with a guy like Bill Belichick.
0: So you think this will hurt the Cowboys more than Brady? being out hurt the Patriots? I really
1: do, because I think Ezekiel Elliott's talent, first of all, I don't think people really understand how talented he is. He's the best pure runner in the game.
0: Because right now the reaction to this was, you better go and scoop up Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris. They'll handle the load. Well, and listen, you're saying yeah.
1: they're not. They're, I mean, Darren McFadden, if he starts the whole year again, yeah, he'll be close to a, a thousand yards, certainly, just like he was two years ago when they weren't any good, and then they got the high draft pick to draft Ezekiel right. Elliott. The thing that people miss out I don't care about, like, okay, Darren McFadden rushed for what? I, I'm going to look it up real quick because Ezekiel was 1,631 yards last year, okay? The year before that, I'm just going to get to it, so be patient with me for one second. Um, I know McFadden – okay, McFadden was at 1,089 yards, okay? So that's 600, 600 less yards in, in in total, right? Yeah. My big thing is forget the yards, I'm not worried about that. What I look at is the 15 touchdowns and how he got those 15 touchdowns, and a whole lot of them weren't from the one-yard line. No. They were busting through the offensive line and outrunning people for 60 or catching a screen against the Steelers and running up the sideline for 80. Yeah. There's, there's no value or no stat that shows you those kind of explosive plays that go, man, that's 15, 15 plays of six points, basically, and that's irreplaceable. And me, that's where I think they're going to really miss it. Let
0: me ask you a league-wide question. We have talked about Bob Kraft being the real, the real commissioner of the NFL. Right. Jerry Jones is the other really powerful owner in this league. In back-to-back years, Roger Goodell has suspended the prized possession of both of the two strongest owners in the NFL— Bob Kraft's baby boy, Tom Brady, and Jerry Jones' exciting little enigma, Ezekiel Elliott. He has already upset Tom Benson with the bounty gate. He's had numerous other issues with owners in the NFL. For the longest time, Roger Goodell was the fall guy, yeah. and now he's attacking the owners. You know the league. What does this mean for Roger Goodell's future? Look, again, if Zeke did this stuff, Throw the book at him because it's disgusting. Don't put your hands on, woman. It's gross. But just from the the owner's relationship to Goodell, what is happening right now? Because Jones just got thrown into the Hall of Fame.
1: I think what really has happened is, let's just say, the other 30 owners, and in general, I'm sure Robert Kraft and and Jerry Jones have been in this conversation, but maybe have ducked out a little of it recently, is that they – are putting their foot in the making a stand to say we have to stop this off the field stuff with our high, our high profile football players yeah. I think really at the end of the day that the other owners are going screw your relationship with Jerry Jones we have to do what's right mm. for the league screw your relationships with, with Bob Kraft and the, the Kraft family we have to do what's best for the shield. Is
0: it more important to have the majority of owners or the the ones that make the most waves?
1: I think it's the majority. Okay, so I you got to get the, so. the
0: cons, yes. and the Snyder's.
1: Because really, the like, what's the value of the Jerry Jones and the Robert Kraft? Is their ability to make the deals right for the whole owners? And mm. like Jerry Jones isn't going to stop trying to make deals for the rest of the league. So if it goes money in his pocket, he's still going to be wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Same with Robert Kraft. So to me, that's really where more it is about. I think it's just we're getting to a time. In, 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 in an era with the social media and everything that, uh, yeah, we don't want to see a picture of Ezekiel Leopold opponent of girls top down at, at St. Patrick's Day
0: Parade. Darren Woodson had a quote saying that if there was social media back in his time, we'd have so many suspensions, not because they'd be doing anything worse, but because people would be seeing it on a regular basis. My issue when it comes to these older players saying, how can you not have common sense, Zeke? It's very easy as someone that's 50 years old to go, young people, don't go out at night, be respectful, like... Yes, but young people always feel the need to experience things on their yes. own. I am not condoning Zeke stuff, but when we get frustrated with guys like this, we knew he had a party problem at Ohio State. Right. We knew he was doing some really bad things. You knew when you took him that these kind of issues could
1: could really flare up. I think that's I mean and that's where I think people like this is going on since Ohio State. Yes. So that's where the NFL thing goes. So now you have Ohio State, things after the draft. Going to the marijuana dispensary before the preseason game. Breaking a guy's nose in a bar fight a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Pulling down the top and seeing some women breasts. Yep. And... Now they want to go, oh, how could you suspend me? Well, they can do whatever they want. It's yeah. the NFL. It's going to keep rolling without you no matter what. We're still going to watch Cowboy games, even though they won't be as fun it's without Ezekiel the same Ezekiel reason
0: Elliott. that at your job, if you get arrested and not convicted, they can still fire you. Because yes. it reflects poorly on your employer. Right. It's going to be very interesting. I know you think it puts a lot more pressure on Dak to perform. It does. Because now they're a throwing team. Yep. Uh, and I do not think people understand Ezekiel's five-yard torpedo dives and no his f- his screen right. Catch that goes up forty yards. You're right, Alfred though. Morris, Darren McFadden cannot do that. No, and six games in a very. in a, The Giants are good. Right, the Eagles are good. Washington's a lot better than people think. Minnesota and Detroit are better in the North. The Cardinals could bounce back in the West. Carolina in the South. The Buccaneers and the Saints. So there is a good like like I would say twelve of the sixteen teams in the NFC. If the Cowboys get behind early. They're fighting for a wild card, and it can get
1: hairy, no doubt. And I think that you know your point is really valid because you want to know who their opening schedule is. Let's hear it: New York Giants, bang! Oh, Denver Broncos. I
0: mean, if you don't have Zeke against the Denver Broncos, Dak is going to be facing. And the
1: Denver's run defense wasn't good last year. You know that's going to be their you main run theme, it, right? Yeah. They're going to be in their main theme. Who's too after that?
0: Arizona Cardinals, a team they could be fighting for in the playoffs, no doubt.
1: Rams going to be able to. I mean, no, Aaron Donald's, Aaron be Aaron Donald's is back- not there. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. And then you got Green Bay. But regardless, yes, you're going to miss. Wow. So your five games, and then the sixth game is the 49ers, and then he comes back for a run against the Redskins, the Chiefs, the Falcons, the Eagles, the Chargers. The only
0: thing that I'll say could be good. We saw this with Le'Veon Bell last year. Yeah, right. They're going to have a very rested Ezekiel Elliott for the last ten games. That is true. But I'll tell you what, as someone that likes to bet, they're over and under of like ten and a half.
1: Danger right now. How the hell do
0: you bet the over with six games gone of Zeke? Yes. they got to win all ten when he's there, pretty much. Uh, Let's go on. Let me just crank out the injuries, just because I know you guys like to be updated. We had a number of ACLs as of Saturday there were 16 ACLs so Mm. we're kind of a little bit ahead of schedule of the 22 to 25 uh Raekwon McMillan a big loss for the Miami uh Dolphins Trent Murphy out for Washington he was already going to be suspended uh Alex Lewis of the Ravens shoulder surgery out for the season that's
1: a big one that really is I mean the the Ravens are one of my like like Super Bowl surprise contenders and Man, if they have a few more injuries here, I don't know how long I can it's keep um, them there.
0: Well, luckily they got Austin Howard from the Raiders to yes. hopefully fill
1: in. Right, Kerry Hyder is a big one. Oh. Eight
0: sacks last year for the Detroit Lions. Came out of nowhere. Achilles injury gone for the year. Even more pressure and, on
1: Ezekiel and now.
0: And I'm telling you, I said it to you earlier, I know that a lot of people, I was excited about the Lions. I think I'm pulling out You're my pulling excitement. Out? Okay. They, there's no deep depth on that D-line. I'm a little bit afraid their linebacking core is not great. Their left tackles out. I'm just staying away. like I'm staying away from the Colts too. Yeah, like, I okay. don't know what Andrew Luck's going to give me. Right, Denzel Perryman. Perryman's out four to six weeks with an ankle. Yep, Delvin Bro, the cornerback from the Saints. Saints came out this morning and said we're looking to trade him. Yep. they came out this trade him. Came out this afternoon and said his left his leg injury is looking really serious. Well, his
1: his injury. I mean, he's uh, this is the problem with this poor guy's career is it's just he's been consistently beat up even going back to his days in college at LSU where yeah. I believe he had a transfer out of there.
0: And then last Jordan Matthews who was traded. We're going to get to that trade in a little. Bit chip fracture in his sternum is now
1: week to week. Yeah, that stinks.
0: Let us go now to the other big news-wide story that happened over this weekend. As we're all sitting here wondering what is going to happen to Colin Kaepernick? Is he being blackballed? Everyone kind of showing their cards with how they view humans and their rights to their ability to protest. Two big-name decisions to stand down and sit Mm. during the anthem. First one is Marshawn Lynch, and everyone gravitated towards that, and then was Michael Bennett. Marshawn Lynch sat there afterwards said, I have been sitting for 11 years. Right. Very surprised that we haven't heard about this. Now, granted, last year when we started paying attention, he was retired. Yes. So we didn't see this. But the quote from Jack Del Rio, his coach, very interesting, and I love it. Quote, I very strongly believe in standing for the National Anthem, but I'm going to respect you as a man. You do your thing, we'll do ours. It is a non-issue for me. Marshawn Lynch There there are two guys that sat out. Let me just—I'm going to get through both of these quotes. Do it, Marshawn Lynch. The reason is interesting to me. Super positive guy that everyone finds entertaining. Yes, everyone was always divisive on Kaepernick. No one was ever divisive on Beast Mode. Right. We were happy to see him, so that'll be interesting.
1: It'd be interesting, and even thinking back of it, I feel like I remember watching Marshawn sit on like top of the the water bucket during the national anthem. And he's just rusting. I don't think he is like disrespect. He's just like, man, I'm about to get killed and run the ball up the middle 25 times a game.
0: The other one is my favorite. I think he's my favorite player in the NFL. Michael Bennett sat down on the bench as well, and his quote is the moneymaker. His quote is, first of all, I want people to understand that I love the military. My father's in the military. I love hot dogs like any other American. I love football like any other American but I don't love segregation I don't love riots or oppression he later said I'm being vulnerable right now there's a whole bunch of people sitting at home that are judging me I'm being vulnerable to show every person that matter what you believe in fight for it yeah the reason that I love these two guys doing this is Marshawn Lynch always does what Marshawn Lynch does and I think it's it's people are going to go oh he's crazy whatever marshawn lynch is a lovable dude right michael bennett is one of the smartest guys in the nfl and he's a top 10 15 player in the nfl right the issue with kaepernick he doesn't get signed because we can debate whether or not he's good if marshawn lynch were to be a free agent let's say he still wanted to play he's old running backs over 30 don't get signed if michael bennett somehow got cut Every team in the NFL is coming to get him. You
1: know, you know it.
0: And that, and, and, and if he wasn't to get signed, you would know the issue here. Right. Because Michael Bennett is a standout player in the NFL. He's definitely
1: one of the ten best defensive players in the game, period.
0: Malcolm Jenkins on the Philadelphia Eagles, he is holding the fist up. Okay. We, we thought we were going to see this. It's only the preseason. It's going to continue. Right. What are your thoughts on Marshawn Lynch and Michael Bennett doing what they do for the anthem?
1: Well, I love how Michael Bennett did it, right? I mean... First of all, it's going to mean more since his family has military ties. That was that was brilliant. It's huge, and for him to come out and say it's so. Here he is; he has a chance again to make a statement. I, I'm even going to go on to another player. I hope I'm not mix, mix, messing up your order, but even like with like Chris Long and what he Chris done. Long's
0: comments about Charlottesville, Virginia, where he's from, right. saying this is about hate, right. this is not politics, this right. is
1: good and evil, and we need leadership to come out and say this is wrong and those things. And then, yes. of course, this is what drives me crazy about this. Topic right. This is what this is one of my things that all I see is you know stay in your lane. You're a football player, even to Chris Long, Marshawn Lynch. Some of the things I saw online. You're a football player. You don't deserve to be politics. Well, listen, when it comes to social media and stuff like that, first of all, you're a normal guy. It's just a normal guy. Chris Long wants to tweet out his thoughts, yeah. just like any normal guy wants to tweet out their thoughts too, and. We're in a day and age where nobody stays in their lane. I have people that don't know anything about football, and they come up and tell me what all the problems are in the NFL uh, about certain teams. And I'm going to go, you don't even know who's on the team, and you're going to tell me what's going on. So, uh, But my my, I guess my big thing is, again, I'm happy for the cause that there's being something there, again, to show the cause. Because as you know, yourself, myself, I've been around just so many racist situations. I mean... I can't tell you how many times I was going in, walking into the club, and here I am next to my black friend who's got brand new Jordans on and a cool T-shirt and some cool jeans. Yeah. And they go, "No sneakers allowed." Right. But then two minutes later, while I was sitting there. Some white guy comes up in some dungy shorts and a crappy shirt and wearing some ugly brown vans. He's allowed in. Yeah. So. Whether it's that or me being pulled out of a, c- a car with four of the black guys and the cop asking me if I'm being held against my will or me letting my black teammates borrow my car and yeah. then getting pulled over and going, where would you get this car? And they go, my friend let me borrow it. And the cop calls me on the phone. Did you let this guy borrow your car?
0: I think for me the reason I'm excited about Michael Bennett is the thing that upset me last year. And look, if you guys are getting upset right now and and you want to stick to sports, we're going to. But this is we're having a lot of the big athletes in the sport stand up for something and i think it's you have to talk about it Mm -hmm. the thing that i am excited about with michael bennett is simply this what happened last year with kaepernick got taken out of context and we focused on the gray area instead of what he was trying to talk about it became a talk about um about uh uh patriotism, right. and, and whether or not you respect uh, the armed forces. Well, and
1: I'll say this. Uh, just real, real, okay, go yeah, I got was just
0: going to say, so it, it turned into a topic that that's not what the intention was. Right. And what I like about Bennett is, I think Bennett is someone that is intelligent enough, as willing to speak his own mind, and because of his military background, that can go, listen, I know that what you're seeing, you want to talk about patriotism and politics. I'm just trying to tell you that I am reacting to a large amount of black men in our country that are being treated less than, and we do not feel safe around police. And that's what he's saying, and he's trying to make note of it. And it's going to keep going about the flag and keep going about patriotism, but we're, but if you can focus on the reason they're doing this, and why they're risking paychecks and their and their well-being, and it's. It's very easy to sit back and collect checks and not worry, Man, good. but what they're doing is they're risking a lot of their ability to earn for their family and their families going forward because they're trying to give a voice to people that can't speak,
1: and I appreciate that. Is Marshawn doing that, though? Do we know this yet? I mean, is I don't know. Marshawn is interesting. I, I know. I, yeah, that's the thing. You know, I don't really... Know. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see where that goes, too. Other thing I'll say, too, just if I'm going to play devil's advocate a hair with, like, the Kaepernick yes. situation... I do think the message got a little lost, and I'm going to place a little blame on Kaepernick for that a little bit. You know, with the Castro shirt, with the socks of pigs with police hats on, he kind of went a little bit, I think, overboard and lost – his avenue of what his message was because he just started taking too many shots Yes. so that's the only thing I'll say there
0: Bobby McGraw, let's get a dissenting opinion Bobby McGraw comments, really? Sitting for the National Anthem does nothing but show you are against this country if you want to say something, say it but no one knows what you're fighting for if you're just sitting down Bobby, my response to you would be this the only reason that we know what Michael Bennett is saying right now is because he sat down and then was asked questions to comment on it and and I understand, Like the, the problem is, is if you sit down for the flag, you're not standing up for your beliefs. Right. If you turn your back on the flag, you're turning your back on the country. What I'm saying is is think of it as if we're playing The Sims, the computer game right and you see all these humans and then one of them sits down and all of us at the same time millions of us are going why is that person sitting down it's crazy how in human behavior we go that's different why is that different and because somebody acted differently whether they wore a different colored shirt or they wore no shirt or they decided to play with one shoe on we would go why are you doing this and that person says because I wanted your attention that I can now explain this Bennett has the right message he's very smart he's very concise he's very poignant and you know what i've reached a point if this upsets you and you'd rather go and 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 we're going to do another 45 minutes about the nfl right after this we're going to get to it but if it upsets you you need to learn how to listen to people and and the truth thing is is if you disagree that's okay that's okay. Give, give us your points, and we can have a conversation. But the one thing I don't like is I don't want to hear what you have to say because you're disrespecting the flag. Just listen to it. Just try it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, Maybe you'll learn something. Would he ever be heard if he didn't do it this way? I mean, I think that's a, that's a valid question. Like, if he was just making this statement, right, after every game left co, where he's just coming out and saying, like, Black Lives Matter and going through that – I don't think it would get nearly as attention. He wouldn't it get any way. attention. You know, only a guy I can look at it that maybe get away with, like, without doing the national anthem. Like, was a quarterback who was in front of the podium, like, once a week. And if he wanted to start their press conference, like, that way, then he could make it make a difference. But the rest of the players on the team, they have to do something splash-worthy yes. to get it noticed and get it going. And uh,
0: to wrap up politics, if you saw what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, and you still have a problem with people speaking their mind against hate, there's, there's a few things in this world that if you're on the wrong side, I got no sympathy for you. And one of them is Nazis. Like, I've never heard anyone I be don't like, understand. you know, why? You know so I think why, they got a point. Why
1: don't white nationalists just get arrested on the spot? Like, isn't carrying the Confederate flag, like, anti-government? and like? I mean, isn't there, like, laws against that? Like, it's basically saying, screw the government. Sorry. All right. That was, that was crazy.
2: crazy. That was great.
1: Sorry. Uh, Speaking of. And my family's from the South, just so you know that.
0: Speaking of Colin Kaepernick, so uh, the Ravens signed Thad Lewis,
1: but I know you love Thad Lewis. It's great signing.
0: You know, this isn't what – like, Thad Lewis was really good before he got hurt in the preseason last year. No doubt.
1: For the San Francisco 49ers, I mean, I think he was in the mix maybe to even be, like, for some legit playing time. Thad Lewis is one of the better backup quarterbacks in football, and he's just been a little unlucky here and there. But he's on a lot of teams' rosters, and Thad is a good pocket quarterback. He's a good thrower of the football. I I mean, if Joe Flacco's not ready to go to week one – I mean I'm not I'm not messing with you like that loses the type of guy I think he could beat out Orion mallet if you get oh. if he once he understands the offense and he gets had a out. few
0: plays in the preseason last year where he was running around he's a good little player he is. all right so we got a little heavy there um, so I would like to bring up something that stinks for one person or we're gonna skip something here canvas sir uh, when Roberto Aguayo was drafted, he just got cut, I'm sure everybody knows, um, and, and I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out on Hard Knocks. But when he was drafted, Matt Miller and Chris Sims had opinions that I think were spot on. And let's take a look back at how you guys reacted when Aguayo was taken in the second round by the Bucks.
1: What grade do you get? I give this an F. This is i I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. This is one of the worst draft picks I've ever seen in my life. To take a kicker <laughs> in the second round... And then to trade up, who was going to take him ahead of you? Why did you have to trade up to get him? Uh, I'm with Sims. I think they got confused and they well, the tried Patriots to draft the soccer <laughs> Oh, my goodness. What, they you? must have known somebody was going to take this kid. Yeah, so i got to say, I'm giving it a K for kicker uh, because <laughs> I don't grade kickers, okay? I don't do that. They don't pay me for this. Tampa Bay, you know this. I play quarterback. I hope he can hit the pirate ship in the end zone. Let's just say that. Kick a field goal, knock it through, and I hope it hits the pirate ship.
0: I also ended that video with, you know, he'll probably end up being one of the greatest kickers of all time And just to spite us. <laughs> Did not happen. Uh, I, my theory on this, he missed, two, he missed two kicks in the first preseason game, a, an extra point and a field goal. He is now on the Chicago Bears. We'll see what happens. Queen Clara Clark saying y'all aged a lot in a year. <laughs> Was that two years ago?
1: That was. It was two years ago. Two years ago. Oh, it man, wasn't this I, past draft. I look completely different in that. 2016 draft. My,
0: my theory is this. Mentally, where you're drafted can add a lot of pressure. Yes. If you're taken early on, the pressure to perform is crazy. If you're undrafted, you got a chip on your shoulder and there's no pressure. Right. Roberto Aguayo got taken very early. Everyone was saying it's the worst draft of all time. All the pressure was on him and it got to him. And I think you know that's the thing with kickers. Like we saw with Nugent too. Nugent didn't handle it great. He was he's had a good career. Yes. But man, it's it's, it's kind of crazy how quickly it all devolved.
1: It's the only sport, and it's the only position in the sport of football that's truly pressure based because you're you're just going, man. I got to kick this ball perfectly and knock it between the two yellow poles. So uh, the everything else, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is is reaction. You don't have time to feel the pressure. Like Tom Brady's not feeling the pressure on third and twelve at the Super Bowl uh, in the fourth quarter because he's going, oh, are they going to bring the free safety blitz? I got to fix my offensive line. I got to give the receivers a signals. I got to do this. So you don't even have time to feel the pressure, and then you go, oh, set hut, and you go, oh, gosh, this guy's getting close to me. Let me move up in the pocket. Oh, there's an open receiver. Let me throw it. You don't even get to that pressure point. Kickers are the only position in the sport that do it. Uh, Yes, they really overdrafted by getting Aguayo in the second round. They left a number of good players on on the board now Robert that could Wayne, help their football team.
0: Now, Robert Wayne Connolly says, well, Janikowski was a first-round pick.
1: He was. Listen, I'm not saying I condone that either. I wasn't around to grade those at the time, uh, if I remember correctly. Well, he
0: handled the pressure well.
1: He did. And, I mean, also, Janikowski was like – a f- like a phenom as like a freshman in college like everybody was already going like he's got the strongest leg in college and the NFL right now as a freshman so yeah. it was a little different that way and then of course that was Al Davis getting up there in years and doing crazy crap
0: No Sebastian Janikowski is the kicker that we all want to hang out with Did you see Hard Knocks? I did. What did you think? Uh one, Jameis is amazing. The house that they went to and how like dilapidated it was with the two grills. I didn't see was it, it.
1: Second, second so last night. Was no, I saw it no, no, I'm just about the first. Okay, episode. Okay, good, good. I was the in... new
0: one airs uh, Monday night. So Is was was a Monday night or okay. Tuesday night? One of the two. Okay, but he uh, showing the two cockroaches mating was hilarious. Uh, going up and getting the rewards points from Marriott and and not getting his towels washed for three days. I don't
1: think I saw that part. But... Uh,
0: Deshaun Deshawn Jackson and all that. Right. Gerald McCoy's a good character. Yeah. But yeah, I'm very like for me. i told you guys when I watched that show on Amazon uh, and they showed Jeff Fisher getting fired it was like whoa like this is really cool i'm excited to see how they how jason light or Dirk cutter handles roberto aguayo and if he had any idea that he was going to get cut because roberto aguayo's comments after the missed kicks were it was just unlucky
1: yes i saw that and
0: i wonder if that upset them even more
1: i that you you can't say that crap to nfl coaches until you're like an aaron Rodgers or a tom brady and they'll yes. go okay yeah you were a little unlucky uh until that no you got to do it and they don't want to hear excuses and that kind of bull crap. um the the thing i liked about it more than anything just real quick with Jameis winston i just love how like Dirk Cutter is, he's hard on Jameis Winston.
0: Wasn't that a great relationship between the two? No nonsense. Dirk Cutter, for him to sit there and go, look, you cost us some games last year, and I love the way you right. play, but you also could hurt us. That's stuff that we would tell Jameis, yes. and he was right, I, I had I got a lot of respect for Dirk Cutter out there. No doubt that. about
1: it. Even like, if you remember, he throws the interception in practice, right? And he's yes. Like, we talked about this, and he said something like, when it's double, we're going to do this. and he, That's what
0: scares me about Jameis when I watch that. It's like, dude, they could be so perfect all year, and then Jameis Jameis goes. I got to put a little Jameis sauce on this and <laughs> throws a pick because sometimes he just does whatever he, he wants. He does well. He's, a, he's but he's aggressive. so talented. Yes, he is so talented. Mike Evans looks like he's going to be an absolute boss. Mm-hmm. I love how they're building him up. We got a comment here from Eric Schultz. Did you guys see how much of a boss Gerald McCoy's kid was? They were awesome. Yeah, I
1: must have missed some of those parts. I, I, don't, I can't say I sat down. You know what? I really. I, I'm not even gonna lie. I got sad when I watch it sometimes because my little boy is sitting there watching with me, and he's and I'm and he's like, "Did you used to practice there, Dad?". Yep. Where did, was that your room, Dad? Yep, that was my quarterback room. And I honestly got sad as I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, damn.
0: And then John Gruden was so excited, he left, and they were like, man, he still wants the game. I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Gruden, Gruden's a nut, man. Yeah,
1: he is. He is. He's, he loves being around. Him. He lives right there. Uh, and, of course, he won a Super Bowl with them, so they let him in the building, and he gets free reign to walk around and be Absolutely. John Gruden.
0: J.R. Santos, will Aguayo be more successful if he changes his name to Aguayowski? It's not a bad idea. Just throw a a ski at the end. Uh, All right, let's go to, there were some big trades in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, right at the center of it. You typically do not see trades at this time of the year, especially when it comes to maybe your future wide receiver and your future cornerback at each position. So let's start off with the Sammy Watkins trade, because that is the best player that was involved. Sammy Watkins was traded to the LA Rams, uh, along with a sixth round pick, and the Bills got EJ Gaines and a second round pick. The Bills, through their two trades, got another second round and another third round. Let's just talk about this. This trade. Do you like the trade for the Rams?
1: I do, very much so. Okay. Because to me, you've leveraged the farm on Jared Goff, and now you're Sean McVay taking over for Jared Goff, and your success as a head coach and the reason you were hired was. We think you can make this guy we traded all these picks for good.
0: Charles McBride says, though, but he has a broken foot for life.
1: It it is definitely the concern. It's very scary. And I think with Sean McDermott and where he came from in Carolina, where you saw they didn't put a lot of premium on top-tier receivers. You're very right. It was tight ends and and Run, Let's run and let's just know what we're supposed to do and we'll out-execute and be detailed that way. I don't think he values that guy nearly as much. So he just goes, you know what, I'm going to continue to build this team the way I want to for the future. The Bills. Let's make no mistakes. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. No. I mean, it would take a miracle, I think, for us to think that they'll legitimately be in the playoffs. But now you have two firsts, two seconds, and two thirds next year in the draft. Yeah. And you have Sean McDermott, uh, who's a guy that has a plan. I think that's a good overall move for their organization. And EJ Gaines is a good little player that will help their their Is he th- good? He is he's a solid player. He's not a star. He's not a Ronald Darby. No, he's definitely not a Ronald Darby, but a good n- can play nickel, can play outside yeah. tackle, understands the game. Not a shutdown man-to-man corner, more of a zone type of guy. And to
0: be honest, when you look at the Bills' wide receiving core, it's better than people think it is. Jordan Matthews is solid if he gets over this sternum injury. Yep. They saw so- excuse me. They sign Anquan Bolden, who's solid. They just drafted Zay jones who they're expecting a lot of right and they have andre holmes there you go andre holmes is a big tall receiver that's athletic yes that's four guys that can play right it's more than a lot of teams the nfl can you're exactly
1: right they got two good tight ends and then they got two good backs coming out of the backfield with Lashawn mccoy and i like the way the uh what the hell is the kid's name from uh you know the jonathan williams sorry yes thank you it,
0: it also sounds like the buffalo bills they, they couldn't wait on Sammy Watkins anymore. I think everyone's a little bit afraid of getting Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. where what if Sammy has a big year, and then he asks for a big contract next year, and you're going, man, I, you get hurt all the time. Right. And I think McDermott, the big thing they were saying last week was culture and I think they want a lot of availability. They were very happy with Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews was a leader in Philadelphia. Sure. Let's go to that trade right now. Yeah. Philadelphia sends Jordan Matthews and a third-round pick, which I know a lot of people think is more valuable than Jordan Matthews, to the Buffalo Bills in return for Ronald Darby. That third-round pick is big, like you mentioned. Buffalo, two firsts, two seconds, two thirds. They're ready to rebuild. Um, Carson Wentz was not happy. He, he was. He wasn't going to say it vocally, but he goes to church with jordan matthews they went out to dinner he drove him to the airport to go out there all the eagles talked about how jordan matthews was a leader on that team right but the eagles getting ronald darby you do not get 23 year old guys that run four three speed and are at one time two years ago was a top five graded cornerback in the nfl right. at 23 at this time of the year yes and jordan matthews look if they're gonna, he's a free agent after the year, and yep. so is Alshon Jeffrey. They're probably gonna pay Alshon Jeffrey. Right. You have uh, Tory Smith. Nelson Aguilar, and Jordan Matthews could only play the slot. They tried to play Jordan Matthews on the outside, but he couldn't separate from defenders. He doesn't have enough speed. As soon as I hear that, I'm not building around you. Yeah, right. Because in the slot, they can put Zach Ertz. They can put Trey Burton. They can put Brent Selleck. They can put Danelle Pumphrey. They can put Darren Sproles. They can put, did I say Trey Burton?
1: Uh, Yes, you did. You probably did. did.
0: And Nelson Aguilar. They can all go in the slot. I think this is a great trade for the Eagles. Now, however... It's a, lot of, it's a lot of question marks at wide receiver. What is Alshon going to be healthy? What Torrey Smith am I going to get? You're going to bet on Nelson Aguilar? There's a lot of questions, and, but I think Alshon, I think they have a lot of faith in
1: Alshon. I think they do. They must have faith in all of them, really, to a degree. I, I feel like they wouldn't have made that trade unless they felt like, okay, we've had OTAs, we've had the start of the training camp, we think we're okay here, we have enough He's expendable. And really, one of the takeaways I took away right away from the Green Bay game is just, I mean, on, instantaneously. And I know it's like I'm watching on TV and not watching on film like that as, as, at the time, but I just said, man, they got no DBs that can get on an island and run with any top tier wide receivers. And there wasn't even top tier receivers on the field for the Packers, really. Yeah. So that was scary to me. And yes, I think it just, it, you're, you're at a point. With your team. All right. First of all, let me just go back. Jim Schwartz, I was there in Tennessee with him. I think Darby can be his Cortland Finnegan type player. Uh, Undersized, but unbelievable man to man cover guy. Darby's man to man skills are as good as anybody in football. His issue is his size and what we talked about with him coming out in the draft. He doesn't play the ball well all the time.
0: Is there any chance that now that he has Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod behind him, he'll be a better corner?
1: I think in general altogether, and even a guy like Jim Schwartz is going to add to his game in general as, as well, but to me, big picture, just looking at your football team, safeties are great, but I really would worry about I don't have a guy on third and three where an offense could run the ball, so i like to put one safety down in the box. Right. I don't have a guy that can stop Des Bryant, Terrell Pryor, Odell Beckham Jr. when we know they're going to go to them, maybe in these short-yarded situations yeah. and run a real quick route. There and are that's not where Darby a lot comes. of guys
0: that can run step-for-step step with Odell.
1: Right. Darby is Darby one of those can. guys, yes. and
0: you're probably going to have to face Odell for the next eight years. Right. When you look at the Bills... Getting rid of Darby and Watkins. I read a report that said that Darby did not be, uh, did not buy in to the McDermott Bean era, mm. and it's all about culture. What do you think of of downgrading at both of those positions and picking up draft picks just as a philosophy for the Bills?
1: Yeah, well, I think just overall, when I get, I'm going to pull up the Bills roster too. But the one thing I the one thing I think about right away is, I mean, just like we saw, I mean, we talked about Josh Norman all those years in Carolina. And what did he not do? He didn't really play man to man. He doesn't match up. So his is a coach in McDermott who I I just don't think believes in that type of player. Right. He's not worried about it. He plays more zone as a whole in general. Right. So he's looking for a more well-rounded defense. That's where Tre'Davious White comes exactly in, the right. That took. Tre'Davious White's a guy I look at. You know they have other, they have a little more depth at the DB position than you think. Okay, now they got EJ Gaines, Leonard Johnson's on the roster. He's been around the the league for a little while. Kevin Se- Seymour, he played at the end of the year last Kayvon, year, yeah. Kayvon, yeah, and he's from USC. I think he's got a lot of talent. You got a guy like Sharice Wright who understands the game a little bit. So yeah, not world beaters, but I, again, I don't think this is a guy that puts a lot of value on the man-to-man cover yeah. corner.
0: I think also the Bills. Let's be honest. I don't think they think Tyrod Taylor's their guy. No, I don't. Think I think so they're looking around the roster and they're going. The Bills have gone through so many changes that they know they have to build for the long term, and six picks in the first three rounds is enormous. They're not going to win it this year.
1: I still think they're going to have a better year than people think. I would agree with that, too, because I have a lot of faith in McDermott. They got a good old line. They're going to run the ball. Yes. You know who I liked watching the Bills the other night, though? Reggie Ragland. Really? Yeah, Reggie looks good. He's ready to... We're about to get into it. Talk about Reggie Ragland, man. Reggie Ragland. I mean, to me, when he was coming out in the draft, you know, he was one of my favorite players, middle linebacker from Alabama. He hurt his knee right before the season last year, but when you just talk about like thumping linebackers, you know, like Legarrett Blunt up the middle, and who's the linebacker you want to want to stop him? He's the type of guy you want in that situation. Uh, and I do think he has enough athleticism to stay in the on the field for three downs. So you could see the little Preston Brown, maybe uh, Reggie Ragland combination. Yeah. to to take over for the Keekley thomas davis combination. Not as athletic, wow. but more power. That's what I'm just saying he's going to have sure. up there to make it work.
0: Alright, so I sent a list to Sims of like eight or nine rookies and second-year players that I wanted him to watch, and I wanted his opinion on them. And I said, which ones do you want to do? And he said, All of them. So I'm going to read out the (laughs) name and I want you to kind of go what you saw early on, because as we've told everybody on this podcast, when you're watching preseason football, especially in the early weeks, you just want to see what the rookies look like in pads, you want to see if they have burst and if they look as good as we thought they will. The only thing I want to say is NFL. Can we please get some announcing crews on these games (laughs) that are not insane homers that only talk about one side of the ball? If you're like me and you're watching Eagles-Packers and I'm watching the Packers and an Eagle gets a sack and they're like, oh, that was led up by the fullback there. You know, he went to Grand Rapids High School. I do not care. Just call the game. Yeah. Just call the game. I know. It's annoying. All right. First one up. Mitch Trubisky. What did you take away from Mitchell Trubisky?
1: Well, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, if you made me pick an MVP a preseason week one, this is, this is it. Mitchell Trubisky was, out of the young guys, I think the most impressive young player I saw this weekend. Not just quarterbacks. I'm talking about young players as a whole. Um, not only did he belong, he... I, had great Has great demeanor. He's unflappable. I mean, he's a little like Eli-ish. Like his face never changes. It's the same face every time. Third and five, he's like this. Touchdown, he's like, never changes. But I think you said it right away, too. You just looked at him and you said, man, he looks good. He then looks he right. ran and you go, ooh, he's just as fast on this NFL field as he looked in college. And he looks faster than his 40 times. No doubt about it. And then you look at the throwing and you go... Wow. Okay, not only did I see him sit in the pocket and go through reads, but I saw, like, big-time throws. And this is the thing I've been told through some of those Chicago, some of my Chicago connections, that he's not necessarily like a take-charge guy, right? Not necessarily your alpha male-ish type of guy, but... I know they rave about his physical ability, mm-hmm. and I think they're even taken aback by it a little bit. They're going like, wow, he can really throw it and really spin it. You saw some of the throws he made on the run. It was unbelievable. They were phenomenal. And,
0: and props to Dow Logans for rolling him out and yeah, making him right. comfortable. Yeah, right, making him a little easy. My question for you is this. Dicka came out and compared him to Tom Brady. Yep. Uh, John Fox came out and says he hasn't seen this much hype around someone since he had Tim Tebow on his team. <laughs> there is already calls for him to start over Mike Glennon. Right. Where do you stand on this? Well,
1: I mean, we need to see a little bit more. But, I mean, you got a few more games like this, he's going to be the starter. I don't really care. I mean, Glennon, listen, I think he'll play better. Hey, you know, like, hey, congratulations, Mike Glennon. You get to be the starting quarterback preseason week one against the Denver Broncos defense. They're pissed off as hell. They weren't as good yeah. as last year, and they got a new defensive head coach. His interception was bad. Trubisky's more talented, period. Tom Brady, no, he's not a Tom Brady. Trubisky, to me, is like a better Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He's, a, he's that kind of guy. Mm. Um, he's almost, I really think he could be Aaron Rodgers-ish, Matt Stafford-ish. I think he can throw from a lot of different angles. He can get out of his hand quick. He's more athletic than a Brady. Um, but I'm super excited about it. And if he is another showing this week, like he did last week, It's going to start. The conversations are going to start. And that's where I think it's going to get really interesting because they have three other two. They have Sanchez and Glennon. Are they going to keep all these guys all year? I don't
0: know. I know. Sanchez, man, he cannot get. uh, Do you know what it is? The key is if you're drafting a rookie quarterback. Bring in Sanchez, and then all of a sudden they're going to exceed expectations. Like Dak last year, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott. <laughs> You're right, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Right. It's unbelievable. He is, he is the He's the whisperer. No, he is the good luck Chuck, right, of NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> he passes along, but he gets none of it. Um, yeah, and Eric Schultz saying, you know, he looked good, but you got to see a lot more preseasons. Yeah, pre-season, hey, listen, of course,
1: preseason. This is I'll, I'll, I'll preface all preseason with this. I mean, we're not seeing a ton of starters, right? You're seeing. Young guys A lot of the third And fourth teamers I just want to remind You guys out there They're not going to be In the NFL no. this year So don't put so much yeah, Stock that's into why it
0: Trubisky did that, a lot of that In the second quarter he And did. I got excited no Third doubt. and fourth quarter I don't really care right. Next quarterback Pat Mahomes Kansas City Chiefs What did you think?
1: Uh, again Impressive Not as impressive As Trubisky uh, they called a little bit of a different game. You know, you, his biggest play of the game was the first pass of the game that got called back because of offensive holding. He threw a go route down the right yeah. sideline. Um, but Mahomes is a guy that, listen, he is a little bit more of an adjustment period to NFL offenses than a Trubisky. He came from Texas Tech. He's still new to a lot of Tell this me stuff. what you saw. But what I saw is still a guy that, a lot like Trubisky, is really athletically, like when he moves, he's really gifted. And he's an... Top-tier thrower of the football. Top-tier. Right off the bat. It just doesn't matter. It's it's effortless. Oh, 50 yards down the sideline, no problem. Oh, I'm running to my right, and I have to throw it back to the yeah. left for a touchdown pass. No problem. He threw
0: a few slants where the ball was still rising. I know. That's
1: what I mean. Yes. He's, and it was like... Right. He threw the slant to the left right down in the end zone where he yeah. almost sque- squeezed it in there.
0: And I'll tell you what, watching that team, seeing Tyree Kill and Conley early, I went, yeah. oh, they're going to be good.
1: I know. I, I, I Listen, Kansas City... It's only one question. All you right, know so Mahomes, is. you
0: liked what you saw. It confirmed his ability. I also thought Mahomes right. was more impressive in his jersey than Trubisky.
1: I would say too. Too, like, he, looked he better walked in his out uni. and I went.
0: That's a huge yeah, man. Yeah, right. That's a that's a that's a that's a Cam Newton type of body, right, right.
1: there. He's not that big, but no, you're right. There's there's some thickness there.
0: Uh, Claire Wind says wants to talk about Deshaun Kaiser. We're going to get to that in a second. But first, Deshaun Watson, We're right? Gonna state quarterbacks, Houston Texans. What do you think?
1: Watson, uh, I mean, again, it's a lot of the same things I said. Like, He's just a natural at the position. He understands how to play football, knows how to throw the ball away when he's supposed to, made a few nice runs with his legs. You saw that. Um, he's got great pocket presence. He's not a guy that's looking to scramble. All that is good. I still have one little question about Deshaun Watson. Every ball he threw basically down the field or he tried to throw his 95-mile-per-hour fastball – that's where he loses control of the football. Seams, deep in cuts, things where you go, man, you got to drive it in there, and sometimes you got to throw it 96 miles per hour and paint the corner. Yeah. And that's, to me, my still my big question about him. Now, not every throw is going to be like that in football. He'll probably be able to get away with it for the yes. most of his career. But it is one area that I think if he's going to be the starting quarterback for this football team and they want to beat some of the better teams in the AFC – you have to make those type of throws. And I think that's where Savage has a slight advantage over him right I now. I was going
0: to say, week one, the early quarterback battles, it looks like Alex Smith is going to play over Mahomes. Yes, he it just does. He has the offense yes, better. Right. Trubisky Glennon is a legitimate quarterback battle. Right. And that's a legitimate quarterback Sounds battle. Sounds like it. Uh, Watson and uh, And then, you know,
1: DeAndre Hopkins came out last week and he goes, Savage should be the starting quarterback. This is why you can't always listen to players. You know what this year is for DeAndre Hopkins? Contract year. Of course he doesn't want the rookie quarterback who likes to run a little bit more. He wants to get 90 catches Mm. and get $15 million a year next year, so he wants Tom Savage. Deshaun
0: Kaiser had a game-winning touchdown throw for the Cleveland Browns. He's the most talented guy on that roster. No doubt. How did he look?
1: He looked really good. Listen, do I still have little issues with his throwing motion? Am I sold that he's the most natural thrower of the football in the world? No, but it did look pretty damn good. And I know it looked a whole lot better than Brock Osweiler and Cody Kessler. Oh, I don't well. know what you're going to be even excited about those two. But my
0: question is: is but even if he looks good, are you throwing him in right away? I
1: think if if I get enough to be in there, just to know he knows the offense and he's comfortable, and yeah, he's the guy. He is the guy. He's I'm giving him
0: first team snaps with this offensive line they, too. They and need Duke to. Johnson playing slot. He
1: he. First of all, the ball can pops out of his hand. I mean, if you watch like one of his different. first throw of the nights, he threw a back shoulder that got dropped. It was a phenomenal throw. But then the movement in the pocket, the size of the body, and yes, even though I say it's not the most natural motion in the world, it's more natural than Brock Osweiler and it's just more physically gifted than Cody Kessler. I think he's going to be the starter.
0: Look at this. Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson Kaiser. I know. Hell of a draft. Yeah. Hell of a draft. They yeah. all look good. Right. Uh, let's go to someone from last year. Uh, Christian Hackenberg.
1: Oh, the old Hackenberg. Uh,
0: the old Fox. Five yard throws, nothing like 18 completions for 127 yards. But I said this to you, he looked good only throwing five yard outs.
1: He did. I mean, we, he was better than we expected. I'll say that. Uh, listen, there, there's nothing there that wowed me. Was he more consistent throwing the football? Did the ball look like it was coming out of his hand in a clean state? Which went to me, when I'm just saying that as a ex quarterback, like the ball looked like it was coming out of his hand, clean throwing spirals. He wasn't throwing six yard hitch routes that were ducks, and the receivers right. were like, oh, let me just get my hands on it. So all those things were good. Certainly looked like he made some good decisions. To me, there's just nothing wowing about him physically, like athletically. I mean, he's kind of a statue. Yeah, there's nothing there, and then throwing the ball. Yeah, it's better, but I'm not going to go away. Going, Oof, yep, that's the guy for sure. No, no, I, there's. To me, at the end of the day, I really just think he's going to be a backup quarterback, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. I know.
0: Jets' defense looked badass, though. The
1: Jets are a team that, like, you know, people got to really— I am taking the over on the Jets. The over-under
0: is three and a half. I'm taking the over. That defense is going to win them some games. The defense— And I love, like, the Sharon Peaks and those guys on I guess. I mean, team. and Anderson, who catches the long Robbie pass Anderson, from McCown. Yeah.
1: You know, Jamal Adams looked phenomenal, just so you know. I mean— Phenomenal. That that you know you talk about Deron Lee, uh, yeah, Deron Lee, um, DeMario, Demario Davis, yeah. and now you got Marcus May and Jamal Adams with Leonard Williams, who is going to be fucking animal. Uh, animal. I mean, he really is. He's the best defense lineman on their team. He I think officially, one, he yeah. made
0: one hand move, and the guy was like five yards past. Him. I mean, that's a group
1: there. You know, and you add Jordan Jenkins in year two, yeah. who's a good player. You know
0: what? And if I'm Todd Bowles, right. I'm marching into the office of the owner, and I'm going, listen. You brought me in here for defense. Look at my motherfucking defense. Yeah, right. Good. Look at the quarterbacks that you gave me. Right. Look at the wide receivers that you let go. Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall. Right. You gave me nothing. You let offensive linemen walk every, every year. But he's going to get fired. Most he's going to get fired. Most All likely. right. Let's go to some. Let's go to the other. Bull, Leonard Ugh. Fournette. Leonard Fournette ran over some Patriots, and it made me very happy. Nobody jumps up faster after a powerful hit than Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Did he look as good as you were hoping?
1: Yes, he did look as good. This is the other thing. I was going to get into this earlier when you talked about, like, you know, watch what you evaluate in preseason. Take this into account as well when you're watching the rookies in preseason. They all got camp legs. They're all just trying uh, to survive. So you're not even seeing the legit Leonard Fournette-Dalvin Cook yet, because right? Because
0: they're coming off of a few months of training for the Combine, thrown into rookie minicamp, no thrown doubt. into minicamp, right. thrown into training camp, and all the vets have been on a beach for the last six no months. No
1: doubt. The vets know what they're doing. They're They're, primed. When, they're ready. When to rev the engines, when right. not to. Right. Interesting. The world is, is going at these rookies a million miles per minute. So Fournette, of course, looked really, I mean, he looked phenomenal, yes. I also take into account that 40 Starters for the Patriots weren't on the field. I mean, they kept out just about everybody in the game. Right. Um, so to me, again, he can make comments like the SEC is just as good as the NFL. You, you, you played against people that weren't in the SEC, and and a lot of the people you ran played against and ran over there in the NFL in preseason week one will not be playing on the field week one. So just be careful before you make those. Judgments. It's really
0: unfortunate when these rookies are super honest in the beginning and it's really great. Yeah. And then they begin to see that you just can't say like, these hey, kind of
1: things. Hey Hightower wasn't on the field there, big guy. Like you know, there's a lot of guys we could name off on the Patriots defense. And go, you didn't have to deal with them. Of course, things looked a little easier than you thought. Who looked better to you, Fournette or Dalvin Cook? Uh, Fournette, but Dalvin Cook, I I, the stats show nothing, and he got no blocking. I think you said you saw the game too. Like I just like the way he looked and moved. He's got a little more power. His legs look great in the uniform. He catches the ball so, and that's the people thing. Or people are forgetting his catching ability is top notch.
0: I knew as soon as T.J. Watt registered a sack that my bleacher report at was going to go crazy because there's no family that gets more pub than the Watt's. (laughs) When he got his sack and sack, I went, oh, no. They're going to induct him to the Hall of Fame. How was T.J. Watt?
1: T.J. Watt, very good. I don't get wowed by T.J. Watt. I don't even care about the two sacks. The first sack was it was pretty impressive. I, I, I'll say that. A he, he like, little power move, pushed the guy back, quarterback stepped in the pocket, he got off him and got a sack. The second sack, come on, they were throwing a screen pass and the receiver blocked downfield, yeah. so then the quarterback was like, oh crap, and T.J. Watt got it. But he's going to be an instant contributor to this defense. He's big. He's probably a hair better athlete on the field than I gave him credit for in the draft process. That's the first thing I said when I saw him on the field. I was like, ooh, he might be a little better than I thought he was yeah. at Wisconsin talent because the numbers of the Combine were great, but I was had judgment on the rest of it, just whether it translated to the field. But going to be in the mix, going to help out that defense a whole lot. They need some extra players on the edge, so that, that's, that's huge for them.
0: Now my guy, the one, that I, that one I freaked out about during the draft, that I was so upset the Eagles took him, had mm-hmm. two sacks as well, yeah. Derek Barnett. During the game, I went, wow. This guy's popping. He looks really physical. Two sacks, four tackles. Um, I went back and I rewatched. That's not even a
1: great picture. That scares me, too. Like, where's your tricep muscle?
0: I don't know. Maybe it got
1: edited. Why is your tricep muscle bigger than your first-round picks?
0: (laughs) I think the thing is when I read and rewatched the film, one, Derek Barnett is a player. He is a player. He is a player. He does not get pushed back a lot. He can stand his own ground. But I think when you see two sacks, you think this guy took over. Right. Two sacks every game, it's 32, you're the best player of all time. Yeah. But when I re-watched it, he doesn't have a lot of lateral moves, he doesn't have any speed, I didn't see him get around the end, no. I didn't see any spin moves or rips or swims or any of that stuff, he just kept pushing. And that is a trait, and he got Bakhtiari, who I think is one of the better tackles in the NFL. No doubt. But everyone kept telling me that he's got great bend, yeah. and that he's going to get to the quarterback. Right. I saw a pusher, but he's better than I thought. But I don't think he's as good as everyone thinks he is right now.
1: Yeah, I I, that, I think you hit it spot on. I mean, I watched the game. I was watching it live, and I sat there and went, ooh, okay, pretty good. You know, like, ooh, okay, he's a little better than I I gave him credit for. Yeah, I did not think he should be drafted that high, but I still think I'm right in that he shouldn't have been drafted that high. I don't care about the two-sacks either. Yeah, the power rush is great. It's the first live action for the left tackle all year too, so power moves and things like that catch them off guard too. I don't care if you're Bracatiari or you know any top tier NFL left tackle, but I think that's I think the point you made is I just look at the other stuff. I don't care about the stats. I want to see the get off on the ball, the bend around the edge, and the get off was average. And I like I said with Fournette and Dalvin Cook, like I'm I'm pumping the brakes on that because. Yeah. It is camp. It's early. He's having to do a lot. His sure. mind is swimming. All those things. I
0: think they're working him out at both end positions. Right, so he's and thinking also, that also, you know stuff. what? After watching Brandon Graham... He doesn't need to produce a lot right now. Brandon Graham and Chris Long and Vinny Curry looked real good.
1: Sometimes they too tell these guys, too, what to do during the game. You just know what to I mean? do that. Where they might just be like, listen, you need to work on your power well, move. Thursday do, they you're play not buffle. allowed to do the swim spin this week. Right. You have to do that all game.
0: Maybe don't get that stuff on tape so yet we'll either. So we'll say, yeah, right. Uh, right. One guy that popped out immediately. This is what you look for when you're watching preseason guys. Is Guys, you go, who the hell was that? Reuben Foster. Yeah. Water boy, water boy. Talk I mean, about
1: it. I mean, he's just—he's a natural at the position. Just the—the the instincts, and—and the, and then really forget the instincts. It's just the—the the re, read and react ability. So he sees it and he just shoots his gun. He doesn't second guess himself. Oh, I think they're going to run between the guard and the tackle. I'm going to get there before the—the the, the running back actually gets there. Uh, as long as this kid stays healthy. Him with Navarro Bowman in the middle is going to be great things for the San Francisco team. What a pick of 31. It's amazing. It really is.
0: Miles Garrett, first pick of the NFL
1: draft. legit, Lodget. I mean, I think Cleveland was one of the most pleasant surprises of the weekend to me as a whole. I'm going to give them a lot of credit. They've changed the look of their football team. They really have. When you go through their team and you go, Huh, this is when they started the game. They go out there and I go, damn, they got Miles Garrett, Danny Sheldon, Emmanuel Ogba, Nate Orchard, Christian Kirksey, Jamie Collins. I go, holy shit, that's a good... They look the part. Mm. And then you throw in Jabril Peppers, who still looks amazing in his uniform. I'm, I'm sure still not sure enough about his talent yet. I'm, yeah. I'm going to wait there. You
0: still have Joku. Deshaun Kaiser right. looks like something. Yes. Carl Nassib is a valuable exactly, member of that Exactly right. So that they,
1: offensive line, they spent a lot of money no on. No doubt. They've changed the look of their team. I don't know if that means seven wins yet, but I certainly no, but think Miles, it's,
0: Miles Garrett, though, like he looks the part. Like yeah. he looks like these Khalil Mac, Davian Clouds. No doubt. I, really.
1: I, I think he's. Say it. <sighs> say it. I mean, physically, he's a little more special to me than a Khalil Mac when I see him right now. We'll see if he can actually do that on Sundays in the regular season. But yeah, I know, and I, you know me, I love me some Khalil Mac. But a, like, that's a fucking quote cool card. <laughs> but he is—he's a—he's a special special specimen. I
0: also asked Sims, who were some other guys that popped out that weren't the top names? Jonathan Jones, the guard for New England, was a former first-round pick for the Arizona Cardinals. No, you're no, thinking no, no.
1: of Cooper. You're thinking of Jonathan. Then who Cooper. the hell
0: is Jonathan Jones? Jonathan. So the names you gave me: Jonathan Jones, yep. New England, Xavier Woods for Dallas.
1: Yes, those are two guys. So Jonathan Jones. He played a little last year, special teams-wise. He's just a guy I'm going to say watch out for in New England. He gets on the field. He started a game once last year at the corner position. He's got very good cover skills. He could be kind of like a Honey Badger-ish type of player, and he's amazing on special teams. Xavier Woods, guy I had my eye on coming out of Louisiana Tech, undersized safety. He's like 5'10", 190 pounds, but he will throw his body around like a madman and he jumped out when you watched him get in uh, towards the end of the game against the Rams. Made a lot of tackles, was flying around the field. And who was the third one up on that graphic? That was just Miles Garrett. Oh, okay, yeah. He's pretty good.
0: Uh, and then the other other name that I want to give credit to is Josh Jones for Green Bay. Yes, a you're right. safety at NC State.
1: Yeah, Josh Jones... Um, I'm excited about both those rookies the Green Bay Packers have, Kevin King and Josh Jones. But Josh Jones is the one that I think can contribute the most right away. If they want to get in those three safety defenses, right, left, go we'll go. We'll put Morgan Burnett down in the box, and now we got Josh Jones and, and Ha Ha deep fix. right. Ha Ha go- and Josh Jones
0: together is really athletic. It
1: really is athletic. Josh Jones is a heat-seeking missile, and I would argue that he's probably already the fastest guy out of all their DBs. He is yes. legit speed. Kevin King looked good, got beat deep on a deep throw yep. down the right sideline. He got a little caught with his feet, turning and running. Kevin King's going to be great great uh, at a lot of aspects. He's not going to be great in short area just being that long. It's like Richard Sherman. It's hard to be great at everything when you're that long.
0: Shout out to uh, Justin Bilek, who is filling the comment section with talking about how I had a mushroom cut as a child. Ugh. I did not have a mushroom cut.
1: You look like a mushroom cut kind of guy. Thank
0: you. Shout out also to Sharon Lefko and Nim. Nem. Hey, Sharon! Ballers in the comment section. Alright, guys. Again, I have right now pinned in the Facebook Live. Subscribe to the co- iTunes comments. Everyone that's listening to the podcast right now, you're about to hear an interview with Rob Gronkowski, so I hope you guys enjoy it. You're only going to be able to hear it if you download the uh, the podcast. Coming up on the episode 127, I mentioned it before, I'm going to give you some gambling advice for over and unders for the season. We're going to figure out most hardcore fans in the NFL. We have whoa big off season, and we have an interview with Jadavian Clowney. Another NFL star is going and vegan. we got a lot of stuff to get to on Woo-hoo! 127 and we have a lot of weird stuff that I want to do with Sims that we save for the Wednesday podcast. This is kind of the breakdown where it's how it's going to be the rest of the year. Mondays 4 o'clock we're going to be doing our Sunday breakdown during the year and then previewing Monday Night Football. Yep. And then our other podcast during the Wednesdays is going to be a little bit weird. We're going to give you the good sounds of Rod Smiba and the regulators. Man. Yeah. As this goes to the beat drop, I hope you guys have a great week, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Rob Gronkowski.
1: Peace out, homies.
0: He is 6'6", 265, the way he lives, he's always lives. He's got tons of records and two Super Bowls with all of his stats. You know where he's going to go. It's Rob Gronkowski, never forget the name, the greatest tight end of all time, headed to the Hall of Fame. Gronk, how you living, my man?
2: What's up, man? How you doing? I love that introduction.
0: Hey, man, for you, I will dial it up. All right, you ready for another segment we got called Incredible Branded Content? Gronk, Because of America's number one detergent, Tide Sports Pods, I got you today. I saw your commercial. You look dope in the pigtails. And I want you to realize that the greatest actors of all time also dressed like women. Eddie Murphy, Nutty Professor, Robin Williams, Mrs. Doubtfire, who could forget the legendary Jonathan Brandis in The Ladybugs. What is it like to now be initiated into the pantheon of great actors, Gronk? (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, man, I mean, if you think I was acting great in that commercial, I appreciate that. I mean, that was a quick little spot with Tide uh, up there. We shot it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know what we had those pigtails on. I had no clue what they were at first when I put that on. I had no clue what was going on, but it turned out to be super well. And you know what I got to do? Wherever I am, I'm always spiking that thing, too. So uh-huh. am uh, with those four Tides with Sport Pods. I'm spiking I'm everything, baby. Bring it my way.
0: All right. You're, you're making me crack up. All right, so Tide Sports Pods, I want to give a credit to the, to the brand. They're making it even possible for me to get to interview you. They get out the deep stenches, all the deep athletic gear. Gronk, everyone has their own brand of stink, and I was curious, how would you describe your stink, and can Tide get it out?
2: I don't know. My stink is fresh, so sometimes... <laughs> You know, I got to clean my clothes just because I got too much fresh stink on me. Uh, but, uh, (laughs) nah, I'm just playing. I mean, I get stinky sometimes, man. Uh, you got the, you got those three hour practices. I'm telling you, it's 80 degrees out. It's humid out. And you're sweating nonstop. We lose about 80 ounces of water in our bodies during practice. All sweat everywhere. We got the dirt on us and everything. So we definitely do get dirty. So, uh it, it gets, gets a little crazy out there. You're a little smelly, too.
0: Oh, I, I, I don't even want to know. I wouldn't even want to smell you, dude. That's disgusting. But Tide Sports Pods, Tide Sports Pods, Tide Sports Pods. <laughs> all right, new segment called Does Gronk Remember? Uh, Gronk, I do this podcast with Chris Sims, who worked up there. as a, He calls it a bitch boy in New England. He was cutting all the tapes and stuff. Does Gronk remember Chris Sims breaking down the film?
2: Yes, I do. I remember him doing that type of work.
0: Was he Was he a good guy? I, I like to make fun of him. He kind of walks around the office a little bit of a bully. What do you remember from Chris?
2: Yes, he was a great dude. Uh, I talked to him every once in a while whenever we ran by each other in the hallway and stuff. But uh, we had some good laughs, and uh, I remember all the time he was definitely breaking down that film, grabbing the paperwork for the coaches, so... Uh, It was good to see
0: him doing that stuff. All right. New segment called Other Players Did It. Did Gronk Do It? Uh, I'm sure you heard Richard Sherman apparently yelled at Russell Wilson, you fucking suck. By the way, Gronk, you can curse on the podcast. Uh, Me and Sims both think it's awesome. Accountability is the only way you win. I'm curious, have you ever yelled anything at Tom Brady?
2: Uh. No, not that I can recall right on the spot. I mean, I have before. I mean, I mean it's football part of the game, but it's just between us. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was on a practice field. So I just keep that to the practice field.
0: Mm, see, I respect that. You keep it on the practice field, that's where the game goes down. All right, we got another yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I don't
2: want to be I, like that person, that's work business. You don't want to always be shouting that out to everyone. That's just, it's just personal work business that us players get.
0: I have always thought that you guys in New England, the fact that you keep your mouth shut is part of the reason you're great. Are you surprised when you hear all the stuff coming out of other
2: teams? Uh, no, never surprised. I mean, you've been seeing that. Well, I've been seeing that while before I've been in the NFL. Uh, you never know who's going to say what. I mean, it's always interesting. It's always fun to follow. Yeah.
0: I uh, I think the one thing that's been awesome to watch with you is you have a good time and people enjoy when you have a good time. New segment, Gronk Tackles Partying and Societal Divides. Uh, Gronk, you party, I love it. When Odell parties and gets in trouble, I always think, man, if this was Gronk, we would be celebrating this. Do you think the media, everybody, should lighten up on Odell?
2: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean... I don't, I don't really tap on the other players, what everyone's doing. I mean, I'm just trying to focus on what I got to do to get ready for the, for the upcoming season. I got to practice, got to work out my skills, and I'm not in the other players' positions uh, to judge what to judge them. So, I mean, I respect everyone, what they do, and to even get to this level is just unbelievable. So, I just think that every player should just keep beating them.
0: He is a freak. He is going to keep being himself. He is the man. We love him, and we love you, too. All right, it's time for rapid-fire Twitter questions. I put it out earlier. We got like hundreds. All
2: right, I, I like these ones right here. These, these are my are, favorite.
0: Oh, and I'm telling you, the people want to know the truth, Gronk. This one, Nicholas Czapelski. His Twitter handle is Ghostly Pimp, which is just fantastic. His question for Gronk, how much money would you be willing to pay <laughs> to be able to wear the jersey number 69 in a game?
2: Oh, jeez, man! Uh, Sixty-nine thousand dollars. Perfect.
0: Mike Hunt his ha- his Twitter handle is Turnip for what? asks How much influence does TB twelve have on the meals diets of players?
2: Oh, uh, the, the players that that follow his system have have a big influence on it for sure.
0: Are there a lot of guys that do the TB12? And I, uh, what what are you eating?
2: Yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, I eat what's given to us at the stadium, but also you learn many stuff, much stuff, uh, not just from Tom, but up, up at TB12. Uh, it's it's a great uh, recipe, uh, but I mean, I eat the stadium food um, and all that, so I'm always on top of my diet, making sure I always have to clean it energy I can have for every day of uh, athletic.
0: All right. Now from Omar Bene- Medina, Twitter name is Omed PR. Who is the one celebrity that Gronk would want to party with?
2: Uh, I mean, I just had a celebrity crush on Campbell Anderson growing up. So bring that back to a couple, 20 years ago or so, and we, we can go out.
0: I literally, out. I think Baywatch may have been the greatest show of the 1990s, hands down.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Now, Josh Galindo, Josh Galindo, 78. Gronk, he writes in parentheses, I know you've had too many nights to recall, but I want a notable one. What is the craziest night you've ever had?
2: Oh, man. The craziest night I've ever had was was so crazy. I went to bed at like 11 p.m. That's how crazy it was. (laughs) But I can't can't say I don't talk about that stuff. It was from like seven to ten p.m. one night, and I went to bed at eleven. You had it some, was crazy. Had some milk before bed. Got
0: nice and calm.
2: What's that? You, you
0: had some milk before bed. You know, you went to slow down. Maybe read a book.
2: Yeah, it's good. Yep, exactly. All
0: right, and the last question. Judging by your answers, I don't think you're going to answer this one either. Dylan Rivera, -Rivera, (laughs) D-Rivera2267. First off, best sports podcast period. Oh, he was complimenting us. Excuse me. Gotta ask Gronk if he's ever played a game hungover and how hard is it to do?
2: Uh, No, I haven't. I mean, I've definitely done a practice before. And it's tough Uh, back in the college days. And uh, there's definitely no way after I did it once or twice, I haven't done it since. So it's been a while. And I know if it were for a game, it would be a really rough game. So I I ain't doing that. All right,
0: last thing, we're going to see if you can predict the future. We are doing this interview on July 25th. I'm not allowed to air it until August 14th. It's like three weeks. My question is, we'll see if Gronk can predict the future. What team will Kyrie Irving be playing on?
2: Oh, my gosh. That's a crazy question, dude.
0: Um, who do you think?
2: I'm gonna go with the uh, San Antonio Spurs.
0: Ooh, Gronk predicts the Spurs. Gronk, I dig it. Uh, go make your money. Tide, thank you for making this possible. Gronk, have a hell of a season. Kick some ass and uh, just you know, spike on everybody, dude. All
2: right, man. I appreciate it. Make sure you clean your clothes with those with those new Tide Sport Pods, man. Check them out.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Gronk.